Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Strive for Strength podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Strample, otherwise known as Fears to Fit, and I am a fitness and business enthusiast, and I'm bringing you the stories of not only myself, but other incredible human beings to help educate you on all things personal development, business, health, and mindset, so that as millennials, we can mobilize our generation and rise. Okay, so I might not be able to see you, but raise your hand. Are you tired of feel like you're just fighting to have a good relationship with food and your body and to just balance your nutrition while still eating foods that you love? Girl, I hear you. I see that hand raised because let me tell you, that is exactly why I created Transform for Life. This is my 12-week one-on-one coaching program to help women just conquer their mindsets and build a body that they truly love while still eating the foods that they love. Now, I only take clients on for this program every three months, and guess what? Enrollment just happens to be open right now. So if you're ready to take action, if you're ready to invest in your health and truly get the body and lifestyle of your dreams, then check the description down below to apply to set up a call with me. But be quick because spots do fill up and they are limited. So make sure that you hop on it and get your spot today and get on a call with me to see if we are a good fit for each other. Now, let us hop into today's episode. On today's episode, we have my good friend, Brendan Lunt, who, if you guys do not follow on Instagram, is the master at captions. Today in this episode, we talk about self-love and whether or not selfishness and self-love really go hand in hand or if they're the complete opposite of each other. He talks a little bit about his business and how he created his program, Laptop Warriors, to help other entrepreneurs pursue their passions of becoming online coaches as well as the man behind the donut talking about his newfound passion for self-love and how you can truly implement it into your life the real deal way. So thank you guys so much for listening in. Let us hop into today's episode with my friend, Brendan Lunt. All right, everybody, welcome back. And here today I have an awesome guest with me. He is the man behind the donut, Brendan Lunt. Welcome, Brendan. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the show, Kendall. Yeah, I'm super stoked to talk about your story and a little bit of kind of where you're at now and share it with my audience. So, Brendan, I would love to know um, for you, as far as it goes with getting started where you're at right now, you know, you've definitely grown so much and I've even gotten to watch it in the past year and a half or so um, into kind of how you've made a big transition, really found yourself and... Um, I would just love for you to share a little bit of your story and who you are um, with my audience. Sure. So I guess um, I can start like really young uh, if you want. Um, So like I I think a lot of times like when entrepreneurs, I mean, this is a bit of a a pre-backstory, but like succeed, people think that they had some sort of advantage uh, that other people don't. So I think it's good to talk about, yeah, like where I started. Um, and like, I guess I'm typical to a lot of people nowadays. My parents divorced when I was like six months old. Um, and then I moved a lot. I, I think I lived in like 12 or 14 different houses in the same city, just over elementary and junior high school. And then, uh, yeah, I lived with my dad, my mom back and forth multiple times. And I didn't really come from entrepreneurship. Like nobody in my family, as far back as you can look, uh, well, except for my great grandfather, but I never met him. But other than that, there was no entrepreneurs. Um, so that was new for me. And, uh, I went to university 
for police studies, actually. Uh, and that would still be what I would do if I had to do a real people job. Um, <clears throat> I think police is cool. And I used to race motocross and that was what I did for like all my time. And when I went to university, I had to quit because a, I was like always injured and B it's like really expensive. So I could only afford one or the other. And so to fill my time, I started lifting weights in university and I decided that, um, I wanted to open a gym. So I got a job in between year one and year two of university at an oil facility um, and I was making really good money. So I was like, I'll just quit going to university. Uh, I won't go back for my next year and I'll save enough money to open a gym. And then when I did save enough money, uh, I changed my mind and I opened a supplement store. Um, and so I opened the supplement store and I had no idea what I was doing. I had a business partner. We were both in our twenties, like early twenties and uh, it failed epically. We like knew nothing about anything, like not marketing, not sales, not anything. Um, so it lasted about one year exactly, I think. And then, yeah, when that company was dissolving, I started Brains for Brawn, which is my online fitness coaching company. And that took off really, really quickly. And then a year later, I started Laptop Warriors or Brains for Business. And uh, that has succeeded as well. So that brings us, I guess, to now, 14 months after I started it. That's crazy. So um, super, super uh, awesome story, but in a very short amount of time. So for, for the listeners, um, I would love for you to just give a little bit of your insight on obviously these big moves that you made um, and kind of how you know, your Instagram has gotten to where it is now. So what really made you take the leap of faith when you were opening up that supplement store? Honestly, um, I have a, a really big issue with authority and like, like it's, I never have been the type of person that can take an order. And, um, I knew that like in junior high and whatever, when I would have jobs, whether it be at like a grocery store or anything, um, like I have been fired from like pretty much every job I've ever had. And like, I tell people that, and I'm not like embarrassed about it. I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, people think it's like such a negative thing to get fired, but, um, yeah, I've just been fired so many times because I feel like I cannot, as soon as I feel like someone's bossing me around or something, I just, I can't do it. So, um, I mean, there's a difference between asking somebody to do something and telling someone. And as soon as someone tells me to do something or gets like a little bit sassy, there's a 0% chance that I'll do it. So I just kept getting fired from all my jobs and like I hated bosses and there was certain times where it'd be like almost physical altercations uh, because of how like sassy I would be in return. Um, and so I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to work for someone again. Um, and when I was working at the oil transloading facility, it was just like I had like moments where, well, not moments, pretty much every day where like you, your alarm goes off. I got up at, I think 4 15 AM. Um, and you just kind of like throw your feet on the floor and like put your head in your hands and you're just like, Oh my gosh, like this is the worst. And then like, I remember just like sitting in my car while it's like minus 40 and you're like waiting for the windshield to defrost. It's, I'm, I'm speaking Celsius by the way. Um, Probably. and yeah. And like, it just, I remember like every day being like, there has to be something more than this. And that job, like I started at like 90,000 a year or something. Um, 
And it had so much room for growth. I could have easily stayed there for five years and been making 300K um, or something. And I was just like, I would look at the dudes in those positions that were making like the 300K and I'd be like, these people are miserable. Like they would all have had like two or three divorces. They're all like super overweight. They're all grumpy. And I'm like, this is like, there has to be so much more than just like working your way up in some like easy job. And it was easy. That was the thing is like, it wasn't technical. It wasn't like strenuous on my body. So everyone on the outside was like, dude, you have like the best job of all time. You guys like play poker and have barbecues and you make like 90 K a year. Um, and so like from that standpoint, it did look awesome, but I was just like, this is so boring. Like there's no fulfillment. There's no like any sort of challenge mentally. Um, and so I was like, I need to get out of here and I know I can't work for another human being ever again. So I went for the supplement store and that was when I started competing too. Okay. To interrupt really quickly, friends, just so you know, the way that podcasting works, the more reviews that are left on a podcast and the more likes and subscribes that I get, the more that we are going to push this podcast higher on the charts, which means more people are going to listen to it. And the ultimate goal is just to provide more value to more people. So if you guys would do me a favor, it would mean the world to me. If you could leave me a review down below, subscribe to this podcast. And if you love me enough, possibly take a screenshot of this podcast and post it on your Instagram story, Facebook, share it with a friend, whatever it might be, and tag me in it so I can see it. I will repost you guys and hopefully we can move up on the charts so that we can help more people together as a community. Thank you guys. I love you all so much. Now right back into to today's episode. And I think that's where a lot of like millennials kind of fall short too is like, or just people in general is thinking that they have to take a traditional route. Whereas like you are the unemployable. And if you are that human being, like it is so important to take initiative towards what it is that you really want to do. Um, and I think your, your story is awesome and super impactful. And it definitely obviously has a huge part of why you're an entrepreneur and, and pursue that today. But obviously where you're at right now with um, brains for brilliance, brains for brawn um, and brains for business, gosh, you got, you got it all. Um, <laughs> a lot yeah. of that has to do with obviously starting your Instagram, right? So where, where yep. was it that you like made you start that Instagram? I started my Instagram uh, right when I started. Actually, I went out for lunch with a girl once in like 2013, maybe. And she was like telling me about Instagram, this new cool app. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't care. She's like, no, you need it. So she downloaded it on my phone and she took a picture of the bulldog I was drinking and she posted it. And she's like, there, you made your first post. And then I didn't use it all the way till 2015. Uh, it just sat there with that one picture of a bulldog. Um, and so in 2015, when I started, or no, I guess it was 2013. I don't know. My timelines are off, but anyways, when I started competing in physique, essentially is when I started using it, using it. Um, and so right after my first show, I started posting pictures from the show and all that stuff. And then it did grow, I think like a decent amount. I think I got to like 7,000 followers or something in about a year Which and a bit then, just posting physique. Like yeah, back then, that's a lot of followers. Yeah, I remember there's a, there was a girl um, from Calgary who had like 15,000. And I remember like we thought she was like the most famous person ever because like it wasn't a thing that wasn't like common at all. 
Um, but yeah, by 2014 or so I had like 7,000. Um, and then I, I quit competing and, and that was when I got into the business stuff. So I, uh, yeah, that's when I started turning my Instagram into like business and coaching stuff. Right. And I know for you starting off, um, and I even remember posting one myself like a year and a half ago, it was like last May when I competed, um, you started the whole, um, man behind the donut and then people kind of caught on to that. So what was like the trick behind that? And it, tell the audience like what it is really. Yeah. Even I'm curious to know, like what started that? You know, I'm glad you asked. I, I don't do it much anymore, but um, people are always like, dude, that was the most ingenious marketing tactic. And I'm like, at the time it wasn't on purpose. Like it wasn't some sly move that was so smart. Um, what happened is I would always struggle to have pictures. Like I can write content all day, but I wouldn't have pictures to put up. So, um, something I was doing is like, I, I guess it was when flexible dieting was kind of new. Um, I was like trying to I guess be overconfident probably and rebel a little bit. So I was like eating donuts and like, like I was like, because everyone was still a clean eater. So it got so much like people would be like, what is wrong with you? Like I remember eating chocolate bars, like as I was deadlifting, like in between sets, because I knew that other people would be like, what is that guy doing? Um, so I was eating donuts before the gym every day. I would have a donut before the gym, every single workout. And I was sitting in my vehicle and I wrote a post, which is what I would do every night. I would get off work at 8 p.m. from the supplement store and then I'd sit in the gym parking lot and I'd write a caption and post it. Um, but I didn't have any pictures, so I had a donut sitting next to me. So I'm like, I'll just take a selfie and I'll put this donut in front of my face and that's what I'll do. And so I did it in like once in like March of maybe 2015. And then I didn't do it again for like two months, but then I just started doing it constantly because uh, I never had pictures and it just like caught on. Like people started giving it their own definitions. Uh, so then I gave it a definition of like a donut being the representation of a restriction free lifestyle. Like it's kind of like rebelling against the clean eating. Um, like I can achieve my goals and still eat donuts. And so people all over the world, like, China, like Ireland, everywhere just started tagging me in donut poses. Uh, and so if I look at my tagged photos, like there's like hundreds from everywhere, like Russia, like, and so that's what actually like a large part of what helped my Instagram grow is people were like, take a donut pose every time they ate a donut. Um, and then talk about like what that meant to them. And so it was really cool because people were giving it like really meaningful definitions. And it seemed like such a silly thing, like just a donut in front of your face. But um, it, yeah, it made a really big impact. It was really cool. Yeah. And I think we can kind of, um, attribute a lot of like the entrepreneurial space that you're in now with obviously being able to grow your Instagram by doing that seemingly less nonchalant marketing tactic. Um, <laughs> so now with you being more in the entrepreneurial space, I'd love to talk a little bit more about um, your mindset and everything behind it. Because, you know, I, we obviously, um, if you guys don't follow Brendan on social media, um, just his name, Brendan Lunt, but you need to go check out a caption because it's incredible. <laughs> Every single one has so much insight. Um, and so for you, Brendan, with your captions and with your Instagram and being in like the entrepreneurial space, I've noticed a lot of like self-reflection, um, you know, talking a lot about like the entrepreneurial space and improving yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, have you find there's found that there's kind of things that you focus on a lot when it comes to yourself as being an entrepreneur and making the transition? 
Um, I think in the beginning, transitioning into, I guess, so are we just talking about transitioning into entrepreneurship or transitioning from fitness coaching to business coaching? So um, focusing on really shifting into like the entrepreneurial space and having that, that kind of mindset, like what went into that for you? Honestly, when I think back, like there wasn't, when I transitioned say into, um, well, the supplement store, it was more so like, I can't work for anyone. And then when I transitioned into online entrepreneurship with brains for brawn, um, I don't remember anything that like I did specific besides like when I started the company, it really sucked. So, <laughs> so like I operated it for like a little bit half-assedly before um, we decided to dissolve the supplement company. And I had the mentality where I was like, oh, if it just makes like a couple hundred dollars here or there, cool, it'll be my side income. Uh, like I never planned on making it a full-time thing. And then when we were like, no, we're dissolving this company, it sucks. Um, I was like, shit, like I have to make this work or make this work. Like I'm not going to work for another person ever again. So I sat down, uh, this is something I still do infrequently, but I still do it, is I entertained opposites. So I wrote down a list of everything that I was doing in my company. So like posting twice a day I was on Instagram, or three times even, posting three times a day, uh, short captions. I posted a lot of my physique, a lot of food. Um, and so I just made that list. And then I made an opposites list right beside it because... I was like, yo, if, if what I'm doing right now is bringing in like a hundred dollars a month, I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to do everything completely opposite of what I'm doing right now. And then at least, even if it slightly works, I'll know which direction to move on the scale. So I switched to posting much less frequently than three times a day. Um, I took my physique completely off Instagram and never posted it again while I was coaching. Um, I went from short captions to long captions and the business like just took off and I was like, oh my gosh, like those two weeks, I think I made like $2,700. I don't remember, but it was like mind blowing. And I thought I was a millionaire. Um, I was like, that is so cool to create my own $2,700. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I created a list of opposites and then I worked from there. So I kept the long captions um, and back when I was writing long captions, nobody wrote long captions. So people, well, that's, I don't want to say I started it cause I didn't, but like none of my friends and stuff were doing it and people would message and be like, dude, your captions are too long. I'm not going to read these. Um, but I just didn't care cause inquiries kept coming in. So I'm like, someone's, someone's reading them and <laughs> the people who, who it matters are reading them. And I'm like the lazy people who don't have time to read them, they can leave because they're not my, like, they're not people I want to work with anyways if they're too lazy to read a two and a half minute caption. Um, so that's pretty much how it started. I just made that list of opposites and went for it. That's awesome. And I've, I've noticed recently one of the topics that's um, really been relevant to you, especially with, I think, just the entrepreneurial space. And this is what a lot of, I think, entrepreneurs or anyone just in general um, doesn't really focus too much on. And for you, that's self-love. So I would love to talk a little bit more about kind of your view and shifting into that because I know it wasn't always something that was a priority for you. So where do you see yourself now with that and how would you really define your version of self-love? Well, I have like a few, I guess my version of self-love, I don't know if I'm going to call it a version, but I think we have like a couple issues right now. And like, 
one of those is being like with the self-love movement. Um, I think people talk about it's, it's starting to slow down now, but even say like a year ago, every caption seemed like it was about self-love from everyone and how much they love themselves and they love their cellulite and they love their hip dips and they love this. Um, and so I think what happens a little bit, at least from a coach client like view, I could see this is that people scroll social media and see that like Sarah loves herself and Jesse loves himself and they love themselves and she loves herself. Why can't I love myself? So like from an outside point of view, even if like everyone actually did love themselves, which they didn't, it was just making it seem like everyone loves themselves. So why can't you? And, um, I mean with all social media captions, most of the time you read one, the person wrote it for themselves. Um, so if someone's writing about like how you should be more balanced, you need to do X, Y, and Z. A lot of times it's because they just realize that they're not that balanced. So they're kind of like writing it for themselves. And I've spoken about this with a lot of people. And so it wasn't intentional, but I think when people spoke about self-love and saying like, I love my cellulite, I love my stretch marks, they were just trying to convince themselves that they love that stuff. They maybe didn't actually at that moment, but then all their followers and stuff were like, like if you scroll through, you're like, holy shit, every single person loves themselves. I don't, why can't I? Um, and so I felt like that was like a bigger issue like a year ago than it is now. And now my thing that I think uh, needs to maybe slightly change is that we all say that we should love ourselves and um, love everything about the way we look and the way we think and the way we are. Um, but as soon as you love yourself out loud, you're labeled as cocky or full, like full of yourself or you're boasting. And so you can tell yourself you're pretty and all this stuff as long as you keep it behind closed doors. And I think it's so unique that we're in a place where people are like, yeah, love yourself. But if you were to say out loud, like I'm really good looking, people would say like, you are so full of yourself. Why you're cocky. And it's such a contradiction. Um, and I spoke about it a little bit on Instagram live, not too long ago. Um, but I did this like social experiment just out of curiosity. Um, and I was out with a friend at a bar, well, like a, a restaurant slash lounge thing. And when girls would, we would speak to girls, we would say, they'd say, what are you guys doing? And we'd say, we're out celebrating. And I would wait for people to say, what are you celebrating? And then I would say, being young, good looking and successful. And just to see how they would react. And like half the girls would get mortified. Like it looked like their soul left their body and they would actually just like turn around and walk away. And I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> that's what I expected. But then other people will be like, that's cool. That's awesome. And so I think what it is, is like, when someone's not confident in themselves, like they don't actually love themselves, they get uncomfortable when you love yourself out loud because they're like, they couldn't imagine feeling that way about themselves and being confident enough to say I'm young, good looking and successful. So it's like totally shocking to them. Um, so it's really neat. And that's like something that I think is, is a big issue because people preach being humble. And then I think it makes people dull their shine to be honest with you, it takes away a lot of their ability to really like be who they are because they're afraid that if they are, they're going to be labeled as cocky and not humble. Um, where I think you can be humble and confident at the same time. That's awesome. And that's so funny that you mentioned that. Cause one of the points I really wanted to talk on was the fine line between like being 
selfish or if it's really considered self-love. And I think it just really comes from what you believe in yourself and also like pursuing that too. Cause I think a lot of people are afraid to do it. And I think if we all just started actually implementing it, um, one, it's more of the truth. And two, then it's not going to be something that's so foreign to people as well. And I think that's one thing that's just kind of been suppressed a lot. And for you, as far as it goes with that fine line, um, and with kind of relishing everything with self-love now, do you find that there's like an actionable takeaway that you can give the audience or that you actually do for yourself that just helps keep you in check and keep practicing self-love? Honestly, the thing that has, this might sound weird, but the thing that has made me the most confident, uh, in loving myself is surrounding myself with like, so until this year I was a lone wolf. I honestly bragged about it like as if it was a great thing and it did help me build my business. Like I didn't hang out with anybody uh, or have any friends. And so this year I prioritized making friends and that has elevated my own confidence and self love by 10 times what I thought it ever could be. Uh, just surrounding myself by with people that are literally like my hype men. Like, no joke. Like my friends talk to me like I am like the smartest, most, if like the best person ever. And then it really has like uplifted me as a person to be like, you're right. Like I actually am. And, um, it, it actually reminded me of like when you're a kid and like your teachers and your parents are, I mean, maybe some people had different experiences where the teachers didn't like them or told them they suck, but my teachers always were like, you have so much potential. You're going to be amazing. And like, and so it reminds me of that. Um, and yeah, I think honestly, I know it won't work for everybody because some people don't care what other people think necessarily, but having those friends around that just hype me up no matter what and actually want to hear about your wins, uh, not frenemies, which is another thing we could talk about. It's a topic on its own, but like, um, yeah, I think surrounding myself with those people has been the biggest shift for me. Um, yeah, just having cheerleaders essentially. Yeah, that's awesome. It's all about more of an abundance mindset. And I'm sure for you too, um, what's really helped me, and I think this is, you can definitely say the same, especially for having your laptop warriors and, you know, your fitness coaching business is like hyping up other people. When you can like brag about your clients and when you can tell your clients to live in a mindset of abundance and practice, you know, relishing in everything that they've accomplished, um, I think that's another another thing that's really helped me even practice more of self-love. Um, it's just like really relaying it on other people. Do you find that that's something you've really uh, found with working with your clients? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because like a lot of people don't realize how powerful they are or how much power that they actually hold until they pursue some endeavor that helps other people. Um, and then when you do, and whether it be you help them achieve their fitness goals or their business goals, or you help them shovel their sidewalk, because they're elderly, whatever it is, um, you realize how much power you hold and you feel so good about yourself because you like get those wins from people being like, you changed my life. I never thought I could ever feel like this. And you realize like, I'm pretty incredible. Like I did that. You're like, I did that thing. <laughs> I have the power to change people's lives, not just change them, but drastically improve them. Um, so yeah, I do think hundred percent that has contributed as well. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to the confidence behind it. And it's just something that you have to practice over and over again. Um, and for me, I know a lot of that has to do with like intention setting, affirmations. Um, and like my morning routine is like a huge part of who I am as a person, just practicing self-love. Um, a lot of my listeners know I do like the five-minute journal. So for you, do you have anything that 
you practice that you could like that the listeners could implement as far as it goes with focusing on self-love? To be honest with you, I actually don't have anything that I do day to day um, to help myself with it. Uh, it's not something that I seem to struggle with too, too much anymore, uh, to be honest. So I don't have like a, a daily affirmation journal or things I'm grateful for or anything like that. So I guess I am odd in that way because um, it's so popular now for people to have such strict morning routines uh, where they maybe meditate and do the five gratitude steps, whatever they want to do. Um, but I really don't. I don't have like a daily practice at this point. Uh, if I think of one that maybe I do subconsciously, I'll, uh, I'll pitch it in partway through the conversation. But at this point, no, I can't think of anything that I specifically do to practice loving myself more. Yeah. And I think it, it, I mean, like we talked about, if you're living in a world where you surround yourself with people um, who, like you said, hype you up or even practice like the same things that you do, it's almost like you don't need one, right? So just taking that step towards really finding your people, finding your tribe. Um, and like, like you talked about, you know, really just gaining the confidence to do it and not really caring what other people think. So um, awesome. That was so cool. I loved your, your input on that, Brendan. So um, tell the people, I want them to know where they can find you because they need to go read a caption or two. And once you read one, you'll be hooked. So, um, if you have any place where they can find you, um, specifically for online coaching or, um, whether it be your Instagram, anything like that, where can the people find you? Well, uh, I have I have a podcast too, which you were just on uh, for an incredible episode. Uh, and that's called Brains for Brilliance. And then my Instagram is Brendan T. Lund. And then the fitness coaching one is at Brains for Braun. And also, find all of me. <laughs> if, uh, if you are looking to pursue online fitness coaching, Brendan has an incredible Facebook community, which I've been a part of for almost I think like a year now, which has really helped me elevate my business before um, even investing in mentorship. And it's honestly the thing that apted me to do it. So if um, you guys are looking to be online fitness coaches as well, I'll make sure I put that link down in the description um, of this podcast and you guys have to go check that out. So Brendan, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for providing the audience with insight and everything. This is an incredible episode. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, Kendall. Yeah, of course. And I will be with you guys in the next episode.